Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 Support Call. This call happens Monday through Friday, Pacific Time. And our panel does these calls in support of the TR90 efforts. And 6.40 Pacific Time, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, and 9.40 Eastern Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on an application called SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, O-O-M-A-S, and either TR90 or Solutions for Digital Anti-Aging. Frank says he's been seeing them pop up elsewhere besides just SoundCloud, so um, definitely Try that if you have a different podcast service. If you're listening to this on the podcast and you wish to catch us live, if you dial in to 712-775-8972, and when it prompts for the conference code, put in 910022 to join us live, and we would be delighted to help you. I'm Susan Nairn out of Portland, Oregon, welcoming you to the call. And yes, I know it's Christmas Day, and I still like to do these on the holidays because some people need that little bit of extra support and kind of remind us to keep on track. So the TR90 program when you're first starting out is your one lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals, taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is best. But if you're not able to do that, take them with the meals. It'll still work. Um, Many times I had to take them with my meals because either I didn't know when breakfast or lunch was going to be and so because of my crazy schedule and it still worked for me and in 20 or in six months I lost 20 body inches even though I did not lose an ounce so the supplements will still work seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day the fruits and vegetables will give you your macronutrients those are your proteins your carbs your sugars um what I like to call the big chunks, your micronutrients, which are your vitamins and your minerals. And the last thing that fruits and vegetables will give you is fiber, which helps in two ways. One of which is satiety for that feeling of fullness. The other way that um, fiber helps is for good digestive health. For that, guys need about 45 grams of fiber daily. Ladies, we need about 32 grams of fiber for those same purposes. And that good digestive health actually keeps you in good health overall. So, you know, it's a, it's a good goal to kind of shoot for. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. You can definitely do it more than five days a week. You can definitely do more than 30 minutes a day. Um, you can chunk it up in one 30-minute chunk, two 15-minute chunks, three 10-minute chunks. You can add an extra five to 10 minutes depending on what your schedule is and what your eating is like um, for that particular day because sometimes we need a little bit of exercise to offset what we've been eating. Seven to nine hours of moderate, um, seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night. That sleep um, helps your body do a series of what I call system resets. It stores memories, it uh, clears out toxins, it takes and repairs muscles and tissues, 
and it really helps set your brain up for making a good decision the next day. So getting that good quality sleep is really super important. The other thing you need to be thinking about, especially if you're exercising moderately to heavily, is your hydration level. <coughs> Excuse me. So hydration, the baseline is one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you start out at 50 ounces of water daily, and then you bump it up from there depending on uh, how much exercise you're doing uh, or if you're in a humid area because you can lose up to a quart of body moisture in an hour if you're exercising heavily. So staying adequately hydrated is really important. If uh, you think you're hungry and it's not a meal time yet, it may be dehydration starting to set in. So always, I always stop and drink a glass of water and see where wait five minutes, see if I'm still hungry or... Um, maybe drink some more water, maybe get a small snack, just depends on uh, how long it's been between meals and all of that important information. So with that being said, I am always looking for information that will help support our TR90 lifestyle. And today I'm sharing some information out of a book that's called Eat to Live. It's written by Joel Furman. F-U-H-R-M-A-N, he's an M-D, and Thursday and Friday I was talking about cancer, mostly breast and prostate cancer, and how exercise can help reduce that risk, and so today we're actually jumping into increasing the survival of cancer patients. It would be difficult for anyone to disagree with the superior nutrition has a protective effect against cancer. The question that remains is this. Can optimal nutrition or nutritional intervention be an effective therapeutic approach for patients who already have cancer? Can the diet you eat make a difference if you have cancer? Scientific data indicates that the answer is yes. Researchers looking for answers to these questions studied women with cancer and found that saturated fat in the diet promoted similar results or promoted a more rapid spread of the cancer. Other researchers found similar results. For a woman who already had cancer, her risk of dying increased 30% for every 1,000 grams of fat consumed monthly. Studies also indicate that a high fruit and vegetable intake improves survival and fat on the body increases the risk of premature death. Similar findings are found in the scientific literature regarding prostate cancer and diet, indicating that diet has a powerful effect on the survival rate of those with prostate cancer. For humans, too much processed food and too many animal products are toxic. And just so that you know, animal product uh, protein, it raises cholesterol, cancer promoter, promotes bone loss, promotes kidney disease, accelerates aging. If it's packaged with saturated fat, cholesterol, and anacrodonic acid, 
Plant protein, on the other hand, lowers cholesterol. It's a cancer protector. It promotes bone strength. It has no effect on kidney disease and no effect on accelerating aging. Packaged with fiber, phytochemicals, and antioxidants. So clearly, plant protein is the better protein to be having. And if you're having more of that than the animal protein, so much the better for you. When it is consumed in significant volume, animal protein, not not only animal fat, is earning a reputation as a toxic nutrient to humans. More books are touting the benefits of high-protein diets for weight loss and getting much publicity. Many Americans wish to protect their addiction to high-fat, nutrient-inadequate animal foods. These consumers form a huge market for such topsy-turvy scientific-sounding quackery. Today, the link between animal products and many different diseases is as strongly supported in the scientific literature as the link between cigarette smoking and lung cancer. For example, subjects who ate meat, including poultry and fish, were found to be twice as likely to develop dementia that loss of intellectual functioning with aging as their vegetarian counterparts in a carefully designed study. The discrepancy was further widened when past meat consumption was taken into account and the same diet loaded with animal products that causes heart disease and cancer also causes most every other disease prevalent in America, including kidney stones, renal insufficiency, and renal failure, osteoporosis, uterine fibroids, hypertension, appendicitis, diverticulitis, and thrombosis. So are are dairy products protecting us from osteoporosis? Well, Dairy products have been held in high esteem in America. Most people consider an American diet with, without dairy unhealthy. Without dairy foods, how could we obtain sufficient calcium for our bones? Let's examine this wisdom, this accepted wisdom. Is it true or have we been brainwashed by years and years of misinformation and advertising? Hip fractures and osteoporosis are more frequent in populations in which dairy products are commonly consumed and calcium intakes are commonly high. For example, American women drink 30 to 32 times as much cow's milk as the New Guineans, yet suffer 47 times as many broken hips. A multi-country analysis of hip fracture incidents and dairy production consumption found that milk consumption has a high statistical association with higher rates of hip fracture. Does this suggest that drinking cow's milk causes osteoporosis? Certainly it brings into question the continual advertising message from the National Dairy Council, and drinking cow's milk prevents that cow's milk prevents osteoporosis. The major finding from the Nurses' Health Study, which included 121,701 women ages 30 to 57 at enrollment in 1976, 
was that the data does not support the hypothesis that the consumption of milk protects against hip or forearm fractures. In fact, those who drank three or more servings of milk a day had a slightly higher rate of fractures than women who drank little or no milk. This does not mean that dairy causes osteoporosis. However, it does suggest that dairy products are not protecting us from osteoporosis as we have been indoctrinated to believe since childhood. On the contrary, studies show fruits and vegetables are protective against osteoporosis. Osteoporosis is a complex etiology that involves other factors such as dietary acid alkaline balance, trace minerals, phytochemicals in plants, exercise, exposures to sunlight, and more. Dr. Campbell, head of the nutritional research for the China Project, reported, ironically, osteoporosis tends to occur in countries where the calcium intake is the highest, and most of it comes from protein-rich dairy products. China data, the Chinese data indicate that these people need less calcium than we think and can get adequate amounts from vegetable source plant food. He told the New York Times that there was basically no osteoporosis in China, yet the calcium intake ranged from 241 to 943 milligrams per day, the average being 544 milligrams per day. The com- comparable U.S. calcium intake is 841 to 14,035 milligrams, um, no, 1,435 milligrams per day, an average being 1,143 milligrams per day, mostly from dairy sources, and of course osteoporosis is a major public health problem here. To understand the causes of osteoporosis, one must comprehend the concept of negative calcium balance. Let's say you consume about 1,000 milligrams of calcium a day. About a third of the calcium ingested gets absorbed. So you absorb about 300 milligrams, and the remaining 700 milligrams remains in the digestive tract and passes out with your stool. If, in this same 24-hour period, you excreted 350 milligrams of calcium in your urine, would you be in a negative or a positive calcium balance? So, negative imbalance, if you ingested 1,000 milligrams, positive balance would be 500 milligrams. Absorbed would be 300 milligrams. Negative would be 300 milligrams. Positive would be 200 milligrams. Excreted was 350 milligrams, but your positive balance would be 100 milligrams. Retained would be negative 50 milligrams for your negative balance, plus 100 milligrams on the retained positive balance side. So a negative calcium balance means more calcium is excreted in the urine than is absorbed through digestion. A positive calcium Balance means more calcium is absorbed than is excreted, and the negative balance over time results in bone loss as the additional calcium 
must come from our primary calcium storehouse, which is our bones. Epidemiological studies have linked osteoporosis not to low calcium intake, to, but to various nutritional factors that cause excessive calcium loss in the urine. The continual depletion of our calcium reserves over time from excessive calcium excretion in the urine is the primary cause of osteoporosis. Now let us consider the factors that contribute to these excessive urinary calcium excretions. And I believe I'm going to stop there and I'll pick up with the dietary factors that induce calcium loss in the urine tomorrow. At the top of the hour, if there is a call on Facebook One Team Global Live, one of our leaders will be sharing some information there on how to build a new skin business. If not, we'll see you back here tomorrow. I was delighted to have you along with me on December 25th, 2023. This is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, signing out. If you wish to leave me thoughts or comments, you can do that as soon as I get us off mute. Or you can send me a text at 503-502-4863. And I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And just let me know that you're part of that TR90 group if you do happen to tag. So there we have it, my friends. Why getting your protein and your calcium from the right sources is really important. And if there's no other thoughts or comments, I want to wish you a great holiday, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a fabulous Christmas.